It's Monday. And it's November 20th. And the word of the day is fuck pig, which was read aloud into the record of British Parliament recently and means a contemptible person. Thanks to lexicographer Susie Dent, here's the origin of the word, as used in a sentence by T.E. Lawrence. Somebody shouted, look me in the face, you short-ass little fuck pig. Yeah, I, just, I feel like fuck pig is a word that sort of existed ethereally before it was coined. Right? Yes, but I feel like David Cameron's really the only one to earn it. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. <laughs> Definitely I'm earned. no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And broadcasting delayed from America's Far Center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, George Santos enters the find out era of political tenure. The Macy's Day Parade will go woke. And there's a U.S. senator named Mark Wayne. One word. <laughs> but first, the rest of the intro music. Joining me for headlines tonight are my fellow skeptic rats, no illusions, and Eli Bosnick. Gentlemen, happy almost Thanksgiving. Anything you're especially thankful for? Hmm. Let me think about it. Okay, think. Don't pause too long. I have the paddles, Noah. I have the paddles. <laughs> In our lead- Do they yell clear? Is that real? Ooh, yeah. Good question. They, I didn't I didn't have cardiac arrest. I had a heart attack. But they sent you home with some. It sounds like the same thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> In our lead story tonight. The House Ethics Committee released a report last Thursday on their investigation of George Santos, and I know we've talked a lot about Santos's legendary cavalcade of dishonesty on this show before, but what makes George Santos so fun is that there's always an and that you didn't see coming. It's crazier right? every time. Yeah, like like the report will say, well, you know, you spent donations on personal expenses like spa days, luxury travel, and just as your brain is like auto-filling and lavish meals, the report will be like, and only fan subscriptions, just to make sure yes, you're still paying attention. <laughs> Those so, could be lavish meals. <laughs> so we're going to talk about it some more. Uh, if for no other reason than that gave me an excuse to savor every word of that 56-page report. Yeah, I, at this point, it's less about being fascinated by Santos's fall from grace and more about being fascinated by the bottomlessness of the pit. You yes, know? right. Hey, George, it says here you bought two guys from Crete that always lie and then quickly <laughs> returned them. But I don't see the credit for the return. This still counts as an illegal use of campaign money. You can't do that. So the, the goal with this report is very clearly to convince members of Congress to expel this piece of shit. And a lot of members of Congress have strong personal interests in not setting a we can kick you out for being sufficiently dishonest precedent. Right. That's why I'm assuming a substantial portion of this report is dedicated to reminding the colleagues that, you know, this isn't regular congressional dishonesty uh, peppered throughout the report are actual quotes like, quote, but Santos's lies go far beyond inaccuracies on a resume and quote, based on the unique <laughs> and unprecedented circumstances in this case and quote, the sheer scope of the violations here is highly unusual and damning. Yeah, not adding no frontsies, backsies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and no using this in reverse to make Al Gore president. They, this report will self-destruct in five <laughs> seconds. Can't use it again. <laughs> and in what might be a further effort to assuage the fears of their colleagues, a lot of the report centers around not just the fact that he lied, but that he did it so poorly, that he was so bad at it. For example... They quote from an internal campaign document that pointed out super obvious holes in his lies, like the fact that he claimed to be a financial guru, 
but then listed zero personal investments and assets on his financial disclosures. Or the fact that he said he loaned his campaign $80,000 while having no assets and a reported income of $55,000 a year. And his solution to those vulnerabilities when they were showed to him was to file revised financial disclosures with more and better lies in them. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's not great. His solution to getting caught lying was to admit to the lying during a new lie. A bigger L lie, like we're yes. All gonna they were all going to get confused and miss a closed parenthesis in the code of his nested <laughs> lies. <laughs> have an error. <laughs> Fuck up our ped mass. Yeah. I feel like we shouldn't have a system that lets you do that. Right. The correcting your weird. Right. Crazy that, no, I thing. forgot that I also right. had. Yeah. Right. Well, for, yeah. for politicians. I mean, I still very much need that system, sure. but for politicians, <laughs> they shouldn't be able to do that. Fair. Now, of course, money is valuable because it's backed by money. So that might lead you to the obvious question of how Santos did loan $80,000 to his campaign when he had no assets and, a, and an income well below that amount. Well, the answer is that he didn't do that. He just said he did so he could meet financial benchmarks required to get matching funds from the National Republican Congressional Committee and otherwise bolster the illusion of a successful campaign. Of course, the fact that the loans were fictitious didn't stop him from repaying them to himself out of future donations in NRCC funds. And if these amounts seem a little small potatoes to you, I should point out that after that worked, he would go on to make fictitious loans to his campaign totaling $125,000 and $500,000. You know what, me? You were good for that 8000 so why don't I let you have half a million? Why, thank you, me. I appreciate it. No, no. Thank you. Uh, hey, George, the other Cretan guy would say you're lying right now. Get the fuck out. <laughs> Get the Get fuck out. out. <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> Gotta no. find that receipt now. <laughs> fuck. Where no. were I? <laughs> now, I, I should be clear that in some of these instances, he did actually transfer money into the campaign at around the same time and in around the same amount of the purported loans he was making. But that's just when he was breaking different laws about campaign contribution limits. See, th there's no limit to how much a person can contribute to their own political campaign, but there is a limit for everybody else. So Santos's genius idea was just to have people give him the money and then he would loan it to the campaign himself and then presumably eventually pay himself back for it <laughs> if it wasn't for those meddling investigative subcommittee members. Yeah, George Santos is just looking at all the TikToks I send to Heath and our accountant. This guy gets it, okay? This <laughs> yeah, guy yeah, right. yeah. gets it. Okay, what if I drop ship money from myself to myself? <laughs> no, of course. Oh, I just need money. <laughs> now, of course, not all his ill-begotten gains were just misreported. Some of them were also stolen. Uh, the report and a few pending criminal indictments also accused him of credit card fraud and identity theft, uh, though all this report had to say on that was like, also, the DOJ knows way more about the criminal shit he's doing than we do. Um, he also conned his fellow congressmen. I found this very interesting. At one point, he started a digital campaign consulting firm. And then like two days later, he starts telling his colleagues, you know who did a great job on my digital campaign consulting? These guys I'm unaffiliated with. Um, and at another point, he pretended that he was from Kevin McCarthy's office on the phone so that he could call donors that had heard about his shaky <laughs> reputation and vouch for himself. My name? Shmevin Shmuffmarthy. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa Mc... No, that's... Uh, she's famous. <laughs> 
Now, how he got the money was nothing compared to what he did with it. Uh, To be fair, of course, in a lot of instances, we have no fucking clue what he did with it. Uh, In addition to a lot of just unreported large expenditures, his campaign reported a hilariously unrealistic 37 expenditures of $199.99. Okay. Yeah, not not coincidentally, the minimum where the law requires you to submit a receipt for an expenditure is $200. No. <laughs> also, 37 is a lie number. You made that up to sound like a real number, extra, extra real sounding. It's always a lie number. Right, because there was, well, there was actually 40 expenditures, and like the other three were like 198.92. Let's mix in a few to make this look realistic. <laughs> 40 being exactly that is clearly a lie. 37 is perfect. <laughs> Because a forensic accountant would be looking through and be like, well, no, 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 this one is 198. Why would he do, right, why would yeah, he lose an exactly. extra dollar? No, no, it's, this is legit. But of course, the expenses that we do know about are still hilariously misappropriated, which really makes you wonder what the ones we don't know were, right? Like the stuff we do know about includes a $6,000 shopping spree at an upscale shoe store, $800 from an ATM in a casino in Atlantic City. What? Oh. I know what that <laughs> right, one no, is. No, that's a legitimate campaign. Experience. You actually get $200 cash out of that transaction. <laughs> yeah, right, horrible, yeah. horrible thing for a financial guru to <laughs> no do. No shit. And then also $2,900 for cosmetic Botox injections from a place called Virtual Skin Spa. And of course, the aforementioned OnlyFans subscriptions. Okay, but if the virtual skin spa is giving out actual Botox injections, that's misleading. That's on them, right? That's on their fault. Okay, I know they're not publicizing the actual name of the OnlyFans page because of, like, privacy, but they should let that person decide, that performer. Like, sure. I'm the OnlyFans page who brought down George Santos is an amazing sales pitch. But he has really already fans. made a TikTok that's going viral, so nice. wish granted, he then, right? Wish <laughs> awesome. granted. Now, for his part, Santos still denies any wrongdoing. Uh, or sorry, no, he doesn't even do that. There's so much he can't. So he, he just denies the illegal parts of his wrongdoing. And he blames all of that on his campaign's treasurer, one Nancy Marks. The report refers to his attempts to throw Ms. Marks under the bus as both evolving and contradictory. And the fact that Marks is now a cooperating witness in the criminal investigation against him is a strong indicator that it's also motivated. Uh, there's also some brilliant snark in the report where they eviscerate his poorly constructed excuses with stuff like, quote, there was also no explanation provided for how Miss Marks could have reported the wrong numbers for loans that did not exist at the time <laughs> right. they were reported. And I mean, fantastic. Noah, you and Heath have seen my spreadsheets. It's not impossible <laughs> to do those things. <laughs> Just Loki time slipping around the spreadsheet. What yeah. the fuck is happening to me right now? Uh, The silver lining here, though, is that even while he desperately clings to the presumption of innocence, Santos did say that in the wake of this report, he no longer plans to run for re-election. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, it'll be harder for the show, but that's good. Um, However, given his fundraising to date, his field of challengers, and his subterranean polling numbers, this is also a lot like me declaring that I'm not going to try out for the Olympic gymnastics team this year, (laughs) right? And while we take a quick break to dance on Santos's career's grave, pre-recorded us is going to tell you all about this week's first sponsor, Policy Genius. And a box of chocolates. Oh, she'll love that. So what about you? 
Okay, so you know Super Smash Brothers? Uh, yeah. Hey, guys, what you doing? Oh, yeah, we're just talking about the holiday gifts that we got for people. Yeah, what'd you get Anna? The same thing I get her every year. Life insurance. Life insurance? That's right, Noah. Life insurance. Life insurance is an easy way to give your family peace of mind. It provides a safety net, so if something were to happen to you, your family can cover expenses while getting back on their feet. Luckily, Policy Genius helps you compare your options from top companies, and their team of licensed experts are on hand to help talk you through it. What's Policy Genius? Well, Noah, with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Their technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. Plus, Policy Genius has licensed, award winning agents who can help you find the best fit for your needs. They work for you, not the insurance companies. That means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. I don't know, Eli. Do you actually have life insurance? I sure do, Heath. And it's genuinely one of the best financial decisions I feel like I've made. That's why I. Eli Bosnick, personally endorse Policy Genius. Your family deserves peace of mind. A life insurance policy through Policy Genius can give it to them. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Nice, Eli. I might have a look. Eh, I think I'm sticking with Smash Brothers. The, the video game? Yes. in Outrage Brigade news. The Macy's Day Parade has officially told our favorite exponentially named tape group, One Million Moms, that they can fuck themselves. Yeah. No, I, between this and LeVar Burton threatening violence against Moms for Liberty, my <laughs> impossibly innocent thing enacting vengeance against hate groups with moms in the title meter is off the fucking chart. It really is. Okay. Yeah. PBS needs to bring back Reading Rainbow for one more episode. Fuck it's yes. just LeVar Burton mm -hmm. screaming at Nazis. I'll kill your whole fucking family. <laughs> Be, take a look. It's in <laughs> just let me episode. read Noam Chomsky's An Excuse for Violent Revolution. It's an early 1970s paper. Yeah. So if you aren't familiar with One Million Moms, they're an anti-gay hate group that use their one precious life to complain about commercials, TV shows, <laughs> or in this case, a parade in which gay people, and I cannot emphasize this enough, exist. Yep. Also, as of this writing, they have just over 4,200 Twitter followers, which is a little shy of a million last yeah. I checked. No, they're as close to a million members as 100 IQ points. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh yeah, so the nefarious existers in question this month are Alex Newell, the Tony Award-winning performer who stars as Lulu in the Broadway musical Shucked, and Justin David Sullivan, who plays May in the show and Juliet. Uh, both are likely to take part in musical acts during the event, along with hundreds of other performers from Broadway and elsewhere. But... Sullivan and Newell are both non-binary, which, as far as One Million Moms is concerned, is basically a donkey show. <laughs> okay, but the parade could actually do a real donkey show, and One Million Moms would be like, hold on, what gender is the donkey? Right. Yeah. We need to know. <laughs> this might be biblical. <laughs> yeah. So 
In their Shriekment, that's a combination of Statement and Shriek, released on November 8th, titled Say No to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, head of the hate group Monica Cole had this to say, quote, The non-binary and transgender extravaganza on display this Thanksgiving. (laughs) Extravaganza. (laughs) Monica, you're stealing my shit. (laughs) Don't fuck around, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, you would have a transaganza, which would be spectacular or something, you know. Thin ice, Monica. Thin ice. Anyways, transgender extravaganza on display this Thanksgiving will be brought to you by Macy's during their annually sponsored Thanksgiving Day Parade. Unless they are forewarned about it, this year's holiday parade will potentially expose tens of millions of viewers at home to the liberal LGBTQ agenda. And and that agenda, once again, is exist in world. Yep. Yeah, I guess they missed the good old days when Broadway was a bastion of good Christian heterosexuals. Yeah. <laughs> Only recently has it been corrupted. Has been corrupted by the gays. Uh, she concludes... Shame on Macy's for promoting and sponsoring this type of entertainment. We still cannot trust Macy's department store. It is clear that Macy's does not have our children's best interests in mind. Macy's needs to know that trust must be earned. And once trust is lost, it is difficult to get back. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, no fair quote in the notes that your kids write on the returned unopened envelopes you send to Monica. Okay. For real. Yeah. It, <laughs> that has material. real, uh, my husband's covenant eyes report came in this morning. <laughs> and I'm still feeling the burn vibes. So you might be wondering with strong words like those and literally tens of signatures on her petition. How has Macy's reacted? Well, They haven't. In the words of Scott Galloway, a professor of marketing at New York University's Stern School of Business, quote, I think this is the easiest no in the history of Macy's. (laughs) Adding that the protesters have, quote, vastly overestimated their leverage here. Uh, When reached for comment, Macy's said, quote, we look forward to celebrating this iconic Thanksgiving tradition again this week, end quote. Not adding, go fuck yourself, Monica Cole, with a giant inflatable Clifford. (laughs) (laughs) And in impeach state news, we have a story about GOP lunatic Candace Taylor. Hooray! And her latest attempt at conjuring Christian magic to destroy her enemies. And it's another failure. She took... An embarrassing loss to No Illusions recently when the God of the Universe sent a magical heart attack, but ended up losing an argument to Noah about epistemology and then siding with Noah at the end of the day. Hopefully, Candace held onto the receipt for that murder prayer. Either way, the optics were looking really bad, so she came out with a new claim. And this time, somebody explained how you're supposed to make it uncheckable when you do shit like that. So, yeah, according important. to Kate, she's not directly involved. But God is doing unprompted magical attacks on her unnamed enemies, including giving them brain cancer and also putting them in wheelchairs. Huh. Okay. What do you guys want to bet that they get named after they match her predictions? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No, and in case anybody's curious, by the way, my Thanksgiving NFL picks are three wins and three losses. This <laughs> And a big thanks to Jacqueline for the link, skepticratnews at gmail.com if you want to help out. So just in case anyone's not familiar with Candace Taylor, here's a little background. She's currently a Republican district chair in Georgia, and her resume consists entirely of a failed campaign for governor. She bought a tour bus 
and painted a photo of herself on the side along with the campaign slogan, Jesus Guns Babies. And her platform included a promise to destroy the Georgia Guidestones because they're an evil magic henge created by Satan, the Prince of Darkness. Turns out they were actually commissioned by a white supremacist named Robert Christian, who definitely agrees with Candace Taylor about politics. Yeah. Well, all except the reading and the writing part. <laughs> <I'm thinking. laughs> so a few months after announcing that campaign promise, some crazy people, almost certainly Candace Taylor's idiot friends, they set off a bomb to blow up the monument. But to be clear, when I say bomb, I mean... These idiots put together all the cash they had in their pockets and bought a handful of M60s from the Acme Fireworks store, and it barely did anything to the monument of enormous granite slabs. And in celebration, Candace Taylor played the security video of that sad little moment, and it's such a nothing. It's the best. If you're playing a video of a terrorist attack in celebration you might want to check which sure. side you're on right yeah no i think so i also i feel like there was a moment where she heard about that happening and she went fuck you mean i didn't need a bus that was expensive <laughs> <laughs> i hope she's finding something good to do with that bus so candace went on to the gop primary for governor and got approximately zero uh, percent of the vote mm -hmm. and that's when she got hired by the gop to be a district chair uh, also known as Candace Taylor has a podcast now. That is her job. <laughs> oh, She's yeah, a she colleague. Uh, it's called Jesus Guns Babies, the podcast. Yeah, Jesus doesn't gun any babies in it. <laughs> Bullshit. I checked it out. Does not. And her guest on the latest episode was Harrison Floyd. He's one of Trump's co-defendants in the Georgia election case. And he recently demanded to see all the ballots in Georgia so he can prove that he wasn't helping steal the election from Joe Biden. Instead, he was helping steal the election for Donald Trump. Well, turns out you're not allowed to do either of those things, regardless of proving a different winner later. But according to Candace Taylor, Floyd is going to be fine because God is going to give his political enemies brain cancer or paraplegia or maybe both. Hmm. Here's the encouragement she gave to Harrison Floyd. Quote, I would never want anything bad to happen to your enemies, but just attacking you jealously, just bitterness and anger, and they, it just literally wilts them like a flower. No, it doesn't. That's not what literally means, and it doesn't. Continuing, I've watched people who have attacked me literally grow brain tumors and be in a wheelchair where they couldn't walk. End quote. She watched them grow brain tumors? It's, yep. I was going to say, yeah, I'm just <laughs> picturing that moment of, you know, Candace, I think the side of your... <laughs> and that's more listening than watching. <laughs> yeah, right, right, yeah. right. Why do you keep staring at my head, lady? <laughs> <laughs> and here's the latest on Harrison Floyd. He waited more than zero seconds to flip on Trump and take a plea deal, which means Sidney Powell and Kenneth Cheesebro beat him to the punch. And again, even if Trump did win the election, Floyd's defense argument doesn't work. So now he's doing a last-ditch move, playing the race card. Of the 19 people who got indicted, Harrison Floyd is one of two who's black. The other is Trevian Cuddy, a former publicist for Kanye West and R. Kelly, which is not a great gig, I not guess. Not great, not great. You go Requires work for Republicans at that point, and it's a step up. Dude. Whew. <laughs> and 
Both Floyd and Cuddy are claiming that racism is at play during their prosecution, which sounds very plausible in the abstract. Lots of sympathy there. But the only racism I can see in this particular matter is from the white people in the Trump cabal. The case against Floyd is about his harassment of election worker Ruby Freeman, who also happens to be black. And when the MAGA team sent some white guy to intimidate Ruby Freeman, that white guy came back and he was like, yeah, she won't let me come near her house because she could tell I'm obviously a Trump henchman. So the cabal was like, hey, uh, Harrison, maybe Trevian, can you help us with a, a black thing real quick? And they made them do this. So, yeah. Definitely some racism going on, but it's from their team. From your guys, yeah. yeah uh-huh. Uh, guys, we understand that your people often settle things through rap battles. Any oh, chance God. you'd be willing? <laughs> oh, no. I would imagine the actual conversation is worse than what Eli just said. Yeah. yeah significantly. Really. And I would also imagine that somewhere on the cutting floor of her podcast is her asking this man if he does all the whip tricks himself in Indiana Jones or if they bring a stuff <laughs> that. Right? Like, you know that happened. Why'd you go back for your hat? I know you could get a new hat, right? I mean, oh, uh, do you not like snakes? in real life or was that just for the movie (laughs) (laughs) now it's also worth noting that the person in charge of that whole case in georgia is fulton county district attorney fonnie willis yes she happens to be black huh she's the first black woman to hold the position her father was a member of the black panthers and a criminal defense attorney and she's definitely prosecuting this case based on the crimes and nothing else So her response to the race card was approximate quote, what the fuck are you talking about? Do you know who I am? Are you insane? And Willis just recently filed a motion to revoke Floyd's bond after he violated the terms by posting about people involved in the case on social media and therefore doing more illegal intimidation stuff. Yeah, like far be it from my white ass to defend how racist Georgia's judicial system wasn't. But there's, there are 18 co-defendants. 16 of them are white. They were charged by a woman of color. This may literally be the least racist thing Georgia's judicial system has ever fucking done. Like ever, 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 ever. Yes, We found correct. it, everyone. <laughs> and speaking of gifts that keep on giving, like these Trump cases, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor, Aura Frames. Hey, podcast listener, it's me, No Illusions. You know, as Aura Frames is advertised on our podcast, Eli's got to tell you about how much grandparents like it, and Heath's got to tell you about, you know, whatever it is that he's doing. I have love. That that would be something I would name there. Sure. Uh, But I'm here to advocate for a different type of Aura Frame owner, people with adorable pets. That's right, pets. Whether it be toe beans, bleps, or a multitude of chonky rolls, Aura Frames allows you to share pictures easily with your family and friends who can scroll through them and like their favorites. Plus, you can set up everything yourself so it works right out of the box. And from now through Black Friday and Cyber Monday, visit AuraFrames.com and get $40 off their best-selling Carver Matte Frame with the code SKEPTOCRAT. This is their best deal of the year, so get yours now. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com and the promo code code is Skeptocrat. Terms and conditions apply. Aura frames. Because we're going to win a Pete's. We're going to use you a little Pete's. And we're back. Next up in headlines and putting the meta in metastasized news, Facebook has three <laughs> main problems. 
They're unable to facilitate services for all those hot MILFs in my area looking for a good time. (laughs) The threat they pose to the financial balance of power by broadcasting so many sweet stock tips to the masses and the fact that their advertising is just too darn credible. But don't worry. They are finally taking steps to correct that last one. Uh, We learned last week that Facebook has updated its ad policy or Downdated is downdated a word? If, if it's not already, like I feel like downdated is a word that the modern world needs anyway. So it does. Yeah, Suck they, pig, yeah. Yeah, they downdated their policy to now allow ads that claim Joe Biden stole the election in 2020. Cool. So the report post button is for decoration. I guess now? decoration, yes. Yeah. yeah. The likes get a thumbs up and the report posts get a left thumbs up. It's fair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So, so, yeah, so according to the new policy, advertisers will be allowed to claim in their ads that the 2020 election was rigged or stolen, but in a distinction that reaches an almost impressive level of not mattering, they're not allowed to run ads that question the integrity of upcoming elections. What? So, yeah, so they're not just going to allow any old untrue claim. It has to be a demonstrably untrue one. <laughs> right. Apparently. The future ones might be true. Right, yeah. If, if we were in the business of stopping misinformation, we'd have to shut down this whole fucking website <laughs> at this point, okay? <laughs> really, it's Al Gore's fault for inventing the internet and having an election stolen. It's well, on yeah, him. No, we can't did do both, anything. Didn't he? Your now, sister didn't like apple picking either. I don't know what to tell you people. We don't have the time to psychology. go Psychiatry's a hoax. Now, <laughs> now, to nobody's surprise, Facebook didn't exactly put out a press release about their downgrade and veracity. Instead, the policy was quietly changed after the 2022 midterm primaries, presumably when they first saw exactly how much revenue their existing policy forced them to turn down. And apparently, they weren't leading the way in this charge either. In June, YouTube said it would stop removing content that claimed the 2020 election was fraudulent and never to be outdone in stupid social media advertising decisions. In August, Musk's sad shadow of Twitter announced that it would reverse its ban on political advertising altogether. I mean, they got to make up for the advertising they're losing somehow. (laughs) Okay, give it another month or two. We're going to have auto ads inserted in the middle of tweets like it's dear old dads. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Now, of course... All of these decisions were cloaked behind concerns for free speech. YouTube justified their changes by saying that they were safeguarding the ability to, quote, openly debate political ideas, even those that are controversial, or based on disproven assumptions. End quote. Dramatic pause and incredulous emphasis of mine. Uh, They're safeguarding what they're saying is based on disproven assumptions? Yes, they're safeguarding the ability to be wrong on their platform, yeah. Um, Facebook's president of global affairs said the company wasn't in a position to decide whether elections are legitimate, and Musk pretty much just mumbles free speech anytime you can get him to stop shouting anti-Semitic slurs long enough to do so. But to be clear, freedom of speech and freedom of lying... Two different fucking things. Like, like one has existed without the other for quite a fucking while. <laughs> yeah, guys, you were always allowed to shout fire in a crowded theater when there was a fire. <laughs> yes, <That's> yes. <laughs> but who are we to define fire? Get out of your ivory tower. Absolutely not. <laughs> so, Is this light bulb a fire? 
I'm the worst. <laughs> yep. No, yeah, no fair auditioning for Facebook's president of global affairs on company time, Heath. Yes. Um, and, and it bears mention, by the way, <laughs> that all of these policy changes are happening amidst massive layoffs at not just Twitter, but pretty much all of the major social media companies. And one of the first places to get routed in every single case were the people that oversee disinformation mitigation. Right. So it turns out that Democrats murder babies to harvest their adrenaline for Satan was just a warm up to all the shit you're going to have to refute in 2024. So good luck out there and make sure you stretch before you argue. It's about to get twisted. Next up in headlines in Drop the Dime on them News. If you're a follower of wacky news like I am, you might be aware that back in April, the U.S. Mint had a shipment of two million dimes stolen. Well, the good news is the thieves have been caught. And no, it wasn't because they were the only guys with pockets bulging with gumballs. <laughs> yeah, I, I would like to think that they were just still slowly dragging away a half ton bag of dimes seven months <laughs> later. Okay, at some point, this criminal mastermind was like, okay, big new idea. You know how dimes are lighter than nickels? And that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I am done with my thought. Yep, I am yep. done. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, for those of you who missed it, the $234,500 worth of dimes were stolen as a part of a spree of truck stop robberies while the driver of the load got some sleep. The spree apparently also included beer, crab's legs, and other valuables stolen in a similar manner without harm to the driver and unloaded by six men in the dead of night. Cut to the guys from Fast and Furious. It's like, wow, that would have been so much fucking... E guys, we're dumb. That would have been so much easier. <laughs> also, Brian's still alive. He's, he's just right over the there. Frame. You can't see him. He's on the other side of the camera and he's oh, dancing. <laughs> Family. We're the largest movie franchise in the world right now. <laughs> So if you're wondering how they got caught, you probably already guessed it. The perpetrators were called in for their suspicious use of coin machines at they several went to grocery Star? stores and banks <laughs> over a two-state area. Well, because look, at this point, Honestly, having more than three dimes is suspicious, right? Yes, having thank a you. Roll Just a bunch of people in Michigan got side tackled by FBI agents coming out of that can redemption area at the supermarket <laughs> for sure <laughs> before they finally caught the right people. Yeah. And look, I'd love to say that someone turned them in to make my headlines pun work a little better. But yeah, the guys with $234,000 worth of dimes kind of gave themselves away, it turns out. Uh, moral of the story, if you're going to steal incredibly suspicious items like $234,000 worth of dimes, make sure you have a fence set up first. Sure. And no, that fence probably shouldn't be Coinstar. <laughs> <laughs> and finally tonight. A guy named Mark Wayne, seriously, all one word, his name is Mark Wayne, challenged a guy named Sean to a fist fight. And I know it sounds like we're doing a live show from the parking lot of a Waffle House right now when I said that, but this is actually the story of exactly what happened on the floor of the United States Senate last week. Yep. Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen, a grown-up human being, who got elected by votes from other grown-up human beings. They were like, Mark Wayne, yes, voting for you. He is one of the most powerful people in the country. That guy 
interrupted a Senate hearing about a real thing to yell about unions and challenge Teamsters Union President Sean O'Brien to a literal fistfight. Okay. Well, I don't think you should be a senator either, Heath. There, now we've both attacked each other in the headline <laughs> segment. So, well, but here's the thing. Like, if this was a winner gets to write the law kind of thing, I would have applauded Senator Mullen for his creativity, right? We've tried all the other ways of getting laws through the Senate. None of them have worked. But no, this was just Waffle House parking lot shit in this instance. Yep. And a big thanks to Bonnie for the link, skepticgratnewsgmail.com. So the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee was having a hearing that was intended to highlight the extremely important role of labor unions in improving the lives of everyday working class Americans and hopefully drive home that very basic concept into the idiot brains of everyone who doesn't see that. Basically, it was a hearing called Exposing the Decades-Long Ongoing Lie of the Republican Party. Right. Well, Mark Wayne didn't like that. And he was in a Twitter fight also at the same time. So he took the floor and read aloud from his opponent in that Twitter fight, which was Teamsters Union President Sean O'Brien. Among other things, O'Brien called Mullen, quote, a greedy CEO who pretends like he's self-made, which is 100% accurate. Mullen is a millionaire who took over his father's business at age 20 after failing out of college. And he looks like his name is... Mark Wayne, like whatever you're picturing when you hear Mark Wayne's my first name. It's right. That's it. That's the yeah. guy. A man with the name Mark Wayne Mullen is like a rejected Superman villain that poisons all of Metropolis with radiation tinted four locos. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like his parents were in a fight or something when he was born. They couldn't like come to a conclusion. Mark Wayne. Mark Wayne. Okay. I think what actually happened is his mom wanted to name him after two different paternal uncles, Mark and Wayne, and she wrote both down on the thing, and then she was like too lazy to go back and pick one, and they were just like, all right, you're Mark Wayne. I think that's what happened. <laughs> Maternity nurses, step right. up. What are you doing? <laughs> so, oh, I dropped that piece of paper. Try again. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. So Mark Wayne finished reading the last Twitter post from Sean O'Brien, which ended with, you know where to find me. Any place, any time, cowboy. And, and then Mark Wayne, in his capacity as a senator in the United States Senate, looked over at Sean O'Brien, who was at the hearing, and he said, so this is a time, this is a place. What? You want to run your mouth? We can be two consenting adults. What? We can finish it here. Hold on, hold on. End quote, which sounded very interesting yeah, no, to me. Okay. Shit. Is it so much to ask that just one closeted gay set of dating lawmakers introduce their relationship this way? It would go down in world history. But but go on. like his time and place was on the floor of the Senate where armed guards protect me. Sure was. Right, that, that's like challenging a kid to a fight in the teacher's lounge when you're a teacher. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So from there. We got the following actual exchange on the U.S. Senate floor. O'Brien. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. There's Mark the Wayne. union. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mark Wayne. You want to do it now? O'Brien. I'd love to do it now. Mark Wayne. Well, stand your butt up then. O'Brien. You stand your butt up. <laughs> oh, Jesus and that's, Christ. And that's when both men stood up. And the only reason we didn't get the most productive day in the recent history of the legislative branch is because Bernard 
J. Sanders, a.k.a. Mittens, age 82, <laughs> intervened and said, as if a bouncer at a Wendy's, Mark Wayne, you're a United States senator. This is a hearing. Exactly. And if we're going to throw hands, we're going to do it with one hand dipped in honey and one hand dipped in glass <laughs> like we did in my day. So, I am once again asking you to pipe the fuck down. Yeah. Yeah. And after Bernie got them back in their seats, Mark Wayne still had several minutes of remaining time. And most of it was spent yelling, fucking, you are, and you are, back and forth with <laughs> O'Brien. That's what happened. And Bernie had to bang his gavel again and settle him down again. And then the hearing finally continued about the most important cause in the realm of political economy. Yep. You can't have capitalism without strong support for unions. Otherwise, almost everyone gets fucked. It's that simple. We should all be a union. Every citizen, every single person in the working class. And we should take a bunch of money from rich people like we're working the docks. We should and could do that. Other issues, of course, matter beyond that, but never lose sight of this one. If you need one single heuristic for voting, find out who's doing stuff to help unions or doing union-like stuff, you know, like making us all a big union and we all get health care and we all get a decent wage. Look for those people. That's your vote every time. Okay. So simple. Fine, fine. But only... Only if Fran Drescher agrees to run all of them, right? Okay. She'll take Mark Wayne down. Is what I, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. all in for that shit. She's the best. She was on The Nanny. <laughs> right, she was. <laughs> she was. Fran Fine, right? On that note, we're going to close it out. Thanks to No Illusions. Thanks to Eli Bosnick. And thanks to Nick for sending the link to Susie Dent's Fuck Pig segment. That was oh, a fun cool. detail. He's a host on the segment. Now. And thanks to all the <laughs> listeners who liked us and follow us on all the various internets. I'm going to cut out the thanks to Eli now. <laughs> please keep doing that. Please keep listening. And please keep telling your friends. You're all hosts of the podcast, And if you find the naive stupidity of cutting that one out too. <laughs> And if you find the nice stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming. You can host the fucking podcast if you want. That's what you can do, apparently. Sorry about that beep. And if you find the nice stupidity of our See, giving away a free show business model. You shouldn't have taken away his sword, man. You took away his sword and now look, he's drunk with power over here. If you find that to be oddly charming, you can send us gifts of money at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Jonathan C. Red, Dan, Lee, Greg the Sane from Outside the Asylum, Sunshine, Where's My Minority Report, and Dr. Angie Matkey with an email address at AOL.com. Beauty is truth, truth beauty. And also these fine people are both. That is all ye know on earth and all ye need to know. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Scathing Atheist, God Awful Movies, D&D Minus, and Citation Needed, available in all the podcast places. Eli, what was that quote from just now? What was that? That doing? was uh, Beauty Guy, uh, Keats, Yates, Yates, no, Yates? Kant, Kant, it's Kant. It was um, Emmanuel Kant, the yes. philosopher? Yes. Yeah, it was Keats. We just Gosh. have one last thing. <laughs> Let's compliment that penis. It was special. Thanks to Ryan Zlotnick of Evil Giraffes you on Mars. Right. I was right at you. the start. You were, well, if you said me. five different people that have actually, I said three. I said three, and two of them were hosts right. of our fucking podcast. You should have said me. You would have had it. <laughs> Ryan Zlotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars. He's the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by googling the only band called Evil Giraffes on Mars. Till next time, catchphrase sign off. Emerson.
Oh, you didn't give me the aura frame. Uh, you were going to give me an aura. Send, send, send me that aura frame. Yeah, absolutely. I got one. They sent me one. Actually do it, though. You were just lying, obviously. Just no, lying. I'm going to do it. I'm doing it right now. You were like, yeah, totally. <laughs> Eli, but really do it. Are you, are you making tape noises? I'm, I'm stapling it closed right now. You're stapling it? Mm-hmm. You have a stapler? I'm licking the envelope. You're licking the staple? Mm-hmm. I think you're lying. Make it extra secure for you. Well, Noah, with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. I bet I can't find those ones. <laughs> uh, you sure as fuck can't, baby. <laughs> Switch those numbers around. Maybe. <laughs> the preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.